Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Good morning. There you go. Two voices, one microphone. <laughs> Two microphones. We should do it like uh, like when they do rock concerts, and for some reason each guy has their own microphone, but they come together and sing through like, one. Like Bruce Springsteen and hey, uh, Stephen hey, Van Zandt going man. back to back. Don't talk name on the Bruce, man. I'll be Stephen Van Zandt. I'll go back to back, and they're sort of looking at each other while they're strumming, and they're singing in harmony. Trivia question. What show did Stephen Van Zandt play an actor on? Uh, trick yeah. question. Two two answers. Yeah, there's many. Uh, Lily Hammer, but more importantly, The Sopranos. Silvio Dante from The Sopranos. Not his real hair in that mo- in that show. A lot I... of people think that that was a real pompadour. Yeah, I don't think he's had hair for many. I don't think he's had hair since Born to Run. Is he actually Italian? Yes, he is. I mean, I don't know. Is he related, related to Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner? Okay, so this is what we're already off to a bad start. He's Dusty Likens. I'm Nick Schwartz. This is Bing Sunday. I know for a fact, only because it's in your Twitter bio for mm. reasons which we don't really understand. You what my Twitter bio? Well, yeah, you it's quite simple. Bruce makes me listen. Yes, when I hear a song come out by Bruce Springsteen, I listen to it. Well, he's not a actively new, putting a new out song new music. comes out by Bleachers and Jack Antonoff. I'm not. I mean, I listen to it right away. Bruce is still putting out new music. So is now, he yes. that anybody's listening to? Maybe not you. Bruce fans are. No, Bruce is not. I don't even. That's actually a mistake. If you're past, if you've been active for more than thirty years, you, I think it should be a, a, a law that you can't make new music. Okay. You know how long ago thirty years ago was? Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Okay. I mean, George Strait's coming to Arrowhead with new stuff. Yeah. Does he need new stuff? That's my point. That's my exact point. But he came point. out with stuff 30 years ago, or less than 30 years ago, he came out with new stuff. But that was before the 30-year benchmark that I am now putting into place. So the role, like, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just going to throw numbers out there. But if the Beatles made their first song in 1950, after 1980, you're done. The Rolling Stones started making music in 1965. After 1995, you're done. Shocker, they're still alive. I know they're still alive and they're still touring. Which is crazy. And that's great, but play the hits. I don't need a new Rolling Stones track. I think they do that on the drive. The second that you're eligible for <laughs> AARP membership, you can no longer put out new music. No. Yes. That's not fair. I mean, Johnny Cash did it right because when he had sort of a late career surge, he was doing covers, right? He did Smashing Pumpkins covers. Bob Dylan still writes music. Are you running out and listening to new Oh, really? You're going to catch Bruce the new Springsteen stuff? Yeah, Absolutely. You're catching the no new way. Dylan track? 100%. No, I don't care for Bob Dylan. But Bruce, yes. Like, okay, here's for instance. We went to a casino for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl. Halftime, all my buddies went down to the casino floor and gambled. I sat on the edge of the hotel bed and watched Bruce's halftime show. I'm dead serious. If he comes to town, I will go. Didn't you go to a concert a couple weeks ago? Eric Church. It was great. Guess what one of his biggest songs is? Springsteen. Guess what he played? Thunder Road. Guess who went completely fanboy? Me. If he didn't have a song called Just Be a Fan of Him. Absolutely not. But I listened to that. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Okay, so I listened to that song because there were many references to Bruce Springsteen. 
I listened to that song in 2011. I was like, you know what? I'll give this album a try. And then I listened to that album and it was very good. I don't like a lot of country music these days. Eric Church is fine. He also pays a lot of homage to Bruce Springsteen. He also did say that if Bruce Springsteen were around today, he'd be a country singer. I disagree. Well, Bruce Springsteen is around today. Yeah, if he was dead. like actually like, well, yeah, but if so he was Church, like Eric Church wants him to die so that that song will get a nice little boost on no. Spotify and Apple. Yes, he does. No, the only person Eric Church doesn't like is Garth Brooks because like Garth Brooks still gets Entertainer of the Year because he does these like pop up concerts. Well, I've been to a Garth Brooks concert. I've never even heard of Eric Church, so yeah, Garth Brooks have. won. Eric Church zero. Beer in my hand. You've definitely heard that song. You went to Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, I don't like somewhere at a. I don't like I don't like National Lawrence Country Kansas music. bar where everybody's wearing a Jayhawk uniform with a polo underneath it. They were like, "All you gotta do is put a drink." That's Eric Church. Who's the guy who sings "Country Girl Shake It for Me"? That I don't know. Country girl, shake it for me, girl. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh man, I, I know the case state. Of course, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, who is it? it? Then who, what's the answer? I have no idea who it Why is. Why do you think I'm looking at you? Song you're talking about. <laughs> I think isn't that Luke Bryan? Oh my god, that guy's such a douche. He sucks. That yeah. guy sucks. Yeah, and that's the, yeah. and that guy, not him specifically, but that type of country music ruins all country music for me. Well, they they created like a new genre. Like yeah, they, it's they called Nash, up, it's called Nashville country. I thought it was bro country. Well, maybe so. Maybe that's a, maybe that's even another evolution of it. Like like Florida Georgia Line. I kind of did Keith Urban though, the Australian like axe man. That guy's, that guy's. I just respect that there's an Australian country singer, and he don't he doesn't even sound Australian when he sings, which is so weird no. to me. No, how does your accent not come out? Well, that's the way it is for a lot of musicians. Yeah, like British people, they almost always sound American. That's the, true. The only British singer that sounded British when they sang was Mick Jagger. Like that guy's British. Hmm. There's a few others, but we're not here to talk about that. What we're here to talk about does Adele sound British? Not really. I would marry Adele. She's dating Rich Paul. Because she's like a billionaire, of course. I was there before the billionaire. Before Skyfall. I was there way before that. She stole my heart with Fire in the Rain. You're an Adele hipster? I was. Big time. Good to know. Big music junkie. Would love to go on, like, Laszlo's show and do what, like, Nick Wright did. I would love that. What do you think Nick Wright did to ingratiate himself with Laszlo that you haven't been able to accomplish? Uh, have a full-time gig from 2 to 6 drive time on the same time he does, but be really good at his job and probably pitch the idea to Laszlo because he'd been around him before, and then they became friends, and now they still do it to this day. Have you ever talked to Laszlo? Yes, I have. Brief interaction? Mm, a few of them. So I met him once. I mean, I've actually, Great guy. I've seen him three times. And the third, the first two times, first time I saw him, I said, hey, what's up? He stared bullets through me mm-hmm. and walked right past me with no response. Second time I saw him, I said, well, that first time didn't go so well, so I'm not even going to say anything this time. And we didn't even make eye contact. Third time we saw each other was during the day of the office Christmas party, which was an ugly sweater contest. Uh-huh. And I was certainly one of the finalists. I didn't end up winning. I think I took, got the silver medal there. But Laszlo didn't win either, but I was surprised to see that he was participating in the ugly sweater competition. And he gave me this look. He was standing at the top. If you, if you, if you know where we work, you walk in on the bottom floor and there's this big, um, the second floor, you can kind of look down from the balcony. And I was walking up the stairs in this turtleneck with mistletoe on it and red velvet pants. It was a pretty electric outfit. And he looked at me sort of knowing like, oh, for F's sake, like he kind of gave me that look like, oh, well, I'm not winning. Mm. And I think there was a little bit of resentment there. Like, who's this guy with the red velvet pants? And that was the moment where I was like, OK, at first he didn't know who I was. Now he still doesn't know who I was, but he does know that he hates me. Yeah, you're screwed. And that, in a nutshell, is my relationship with Laszlo. Well, at least you have Cody and Gold. Do you think the cachet of Cody and Gold combined? No chance. Matches? No. Laszlo? When they can put, like, a summer series of concerts together, then yeah, it will. Laszlo does his own concert series? Well, I mean, Buzz Under the Stars, Buzz Beach Ball back in the day, like, all that was, like... That's him? Pretty much. Yeah, he's, like, the Johnny Dare of uh, alternative music. Is it still going on? No. What happened? I don't know, man. They ever shoot a music video? Probably. Well, you know we have. They could. You know we have. That was just year one, too. Were you in that music video? I was the assistant director. Oh. If you're talking about the uh, Creed is good, can we take can we vote Creed higher video? 
produced by Cody and Gold. Yeah, I, I that's actually my official title. Couldn't, was assistant co- director. couldn't come to work that day. That was awesome. We could have. Yeah, assistant director had a lot of things to do during a video. I did. I had. I, what do you think? I, what do you, I, who coordinated everything? Uh, the main director? No. All he was there to do was shoot. He was the one like holding the camera and getting the shots, and I was the one coordinating and telling everybody where to go. Mm. I feel like the over the assistant director's main job is to hold the cord, or to hold papers, or to go do things. Let me ask you something, Dusty. How many music videos have you shot in your career? Zero. Okay. I'm not a musician. Okay. Some people that you're good friends with need to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Care to name names? No. There's two. You can figure it out. One sings, the other one doesn't. Wait, why does the one who doesn't need to figure anything out? Because they're not trying to be a musician. So Okay, so the one that, the, that does sing you're referring to is Cody Tapp. And I'm not referring to anybody. I'm just saying you have two hosts. <laughs> yeah, one of them sings and one of them doesn't. One... Yeah, it's, a bit, it's a little bit of a word salad there, but yeah. Um, so you're just, I want to get you on the record. You are not. You do not support Cody and his songs. I didn't say that. I said I don't support me trying to be a musician. No, it wasn't. I just said I'm not a musician. I don't try to be one. And I can't put emphasis enough on try. (laughs) That's Nick Schrute. I'm Dusty Lickens. That's right. We come back. We'll talk about why the band's getting back together. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Bink Sunday on 610 Sports Radio. I am Nick Schwert with Dusty Likens and Grant Nicholson. Thanks for hanging out with us. We haven't done a show together since... uh, that would have been the divisional game, right? We mm. did the pregame show together, the three of us, before the Chiefs-Bills game. Would you say that with all three of us back in the saddle, the band is back together? I would. Grant, would you concur? Yeah, absolutely. Is this the band? Sure. It's a good band. Hopefully we put out content for 30 years, otherwise we become irrelevant. Who's the front man? Hmm. That's tough. Do you have to have one? Every Yes. I mean, I think, yeah. Name name a great band with two frontmen. Mm. Hall and Oates. I stand corrected. Fair enough. I stand corrected. Wait, do we? I don't even know which one was which. So there could be a frontman that's doing all the heavy lifting, but I wouldn't even notice. Mm. But I guess that's the beauty of it. You don't know. Matt and Simon Kim. And Garfunkel. No, that's definitely we all knew it was Paul Simon. Garfunkel hit the bricks. Who Matt guy? and Kim's a good one. There. I don't know who that is. Uh, who was the guys with the tigers? 
Siegfried and Royd? Yeah. Oof. Were they together? I think so. Romantically? I think so. Is that implied or? Is that like, isn't that what the movie Burt Wonderstone's like based on? I don't know. If that's I have no true. idea. That was a flop for Steve Carell. Let me tell you about another band that's getting back together. The Chiefs offensive staff. The man who started an offensive revolution returns to the place where it all began, and his name is Matt Nagy. Yeah. I had Pete on Friday night, and he, I mean, I, he made a point like this. I tend to think that this is the man, uh, and I, who knows how many years it'll be, two, three, four, five years. I think Nagy is the guy that the Chiefs ultimately see as the next head coach in line. He has those connections to Brett Veach from college at Delaware. He's going to get a few years now closely working with Patrick Mahomes. So when Andy Reid, who's in his 60s, calls it quit, they'll have an in-house candidate uh, that they really like in Matt Nagy. And that's great because Matt Nagy has such an incredible track record of being a head coach in the NFL that if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm super psyched to hear that uh, we've got the coach in waiting now, Matt Nagy, returning to Kansas City. But this is the place where, like, second opportunities always flourish, right? (laughs) Melvin Ingram, prime example last year. All right, listen, man. You're the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. You have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You have the the most difficult thing that you need to have sustainable success in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Franchise QB. Oh, and you don't just have a franchise quarterback. You have QB1 in the NFL. Please don't screw this up. Yeah. Please do not just give a job to a guy because of familiarity and because you got good relationships with him. You're the chief, so whenever the time comes, because Andy Reid will leave Kansas City before Patrick Mahomes. I think we'd all agree on that. When the mm-hmm. time comes, don't just hand it to a guy because of familiarity and because he's a he's a recognizable face. You go out and you find the best possible coach that you can because you're the Chiefs and because whoever you call, they at least answer the phone and they listen to your pitch. Yeah, but I will say... Who is the one person that Patrick Mahomes always gives praise and credit to for who he is in the NFL? It's Alex Smith. Alex Smith, his offensive coordinator for a few years, several years, was Matt Nagy. So everything that Alex Smith regurgitated out to Patrick Mahomes when it came to NFL knowledge, NFL coverage, NFL the way they do things, all came from a Matt Nagy scheme slash Andy Reid scheme. So to get the, the the narrative of bringing the band back together, I truly believe that there is many reasons why Pete would have this opinion and why this opinion can make sense. I'm not saying that right away Matt Nagy is 100% the coach in waiting. First, he's just a senior advisor slash offensive assistant and, and quarterback's coach. So he has to rebuild this Patrick Mahomes relationship because when he was here, it was basically like you're going off to college and you have to leave something at home. And then he's coming back and being humbled and saying it didn't work out. Oh, man, this thing that used to be here that was so new is now flourished and now different. And I got to learn how it works because it's a MVP. It's a Super Bowl winner. It's a four straight AFC championship quarterback that probably has a little bit more knowledge of the system than I do. But again, about that is they rebuild that information with each other. They build that trust. And then maybe just maybe it works out to a point where you're comfortable of saying, okay. When I step away, we have an in-house hire. We don't have to worry about the next hottest coach that got fired, which is exactly what you'd be doing if Matt Nagy was here now. So you've learned from your mistakes. You picked up a few things. Oh, by the way, you have a security blanket of a quarterback who at the time will probably be what? 31? Entering what is normally the prime of a quarterback's career. And Matt Nagy has that as a security blanket. He has the system. Who knows what they build around Patrick Mahomes at that point? Because I would assume that we yeah, can but both you, agree. But you just said it though, because if Matt Nagy, he if, had Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, it's, it's fine. And terrible ownership. A hundred percent agree. But Ryan Pace, not a good GM. If Matt Nagy, if, if Andy Reid had retired this offseason, it's not like the Chiefs would have entertained the thought of bringing in Matt Nagy as the head coach. And I still don't think they do. I think so that's just at like, least what three is years this, away. A rec- what is this, a reclamation project where you just sort of hang out and all of a sudden you're going to be a good co- coaching candidate in three years? I don't understand that because... No, it's, it's a safe not- void to fill that has potential uh, very high boom, very low bust. If it doesn't work out as a senior assistant quarterback's coach, you get him out after a year and then you can bring somebody else in, which would be my wish, like a Michael Vick or an Alex Smith. But they're not doing that because shortened time period. They want to go get somebody they trust. Matt Nagy still has a relationship. But, okay, but all that makes sense. 
Right. And then I don't but think they are looking at it as a replacement for Andy Reid. I think that's just Pete's opinion. Like he could see, he could project that yes. happening down the line. If it worked out the way that it's supposed okay. to work out. Here's where I think I I sort of fall away from that line of thinking in that we've seen so many times, there are countless examples and it happens every year, where a guy is clearly, clearly a gifted offensive or defensive mind. A very good coordinator, a very good play caller. But then you realize almost immediately upon becoming a head coach, all the other BS that you have to deal with. It's not just going in, which is why I sort of scoff at the notion that why is it, why would any team hire a, a, a defensive head coach in 2022? Why wouldn't every team be hiring a, an offensive mind? Well, you know, a defensive head coach can still go out and assemble uh, a a ass whip offensive staff with great minds. who are going to create this ecosystem for a young quarterback, right? Like that's, that's mm. all you're ever trying to do. Like just because the, the jets hired Robert Sala, we have no idea if that's going to work out, but just because they hired him instead of an OC or that the chargers hired Brandon Staley, another defensive guy does not mean that those guys can't then assemble great offensive staffs, but there's a lot more to the, to, being a head coach than play calling and Matt Nagy has proven to be a sharp offensive mind and a good play caller. But I think there are countless examples from his time in Chicago that made it clear. He was a little bit underprepared or in over his head or whatever you want to use to describe it. When it came to being a head coach, saw the same thing with Josh McDaniels. There's nobody in the NFL who would argue that Josh McDaniels is not a really, really sharp offensive mind, but his head coaching stint in Denver was a disaster. Now, maybe he's learned something from going back and spending more time under Belichick. Right. But we're going to find out in Vegas. Like, is he the same guy or is he just an offensive mind who doesn't know how to run a team? Because that to me is always the fear with these guys is that you think just because they're good play callers, they're going to make good heads coaches. And there are just too many examples of that not being the case. But I also believe that relationships with front office and ownership can also affect where that is. And again, you say running a football team. I mean, there's nobody better to learn from that's gone from pretty good success. Matt Nagy as a coordinator was a playoff coach for the Bears in a year that he was there, and then it kind of came crumbling down. The same thing is kind of true with Andy Reid. A lot of success in Philadelphia, four straight NFC championship games, a Super Bowl appearance. Then he goes 8-8, eight and 4-12, eight, and 12, and he's ran out of Philadelphia, and he's hired immediately by the Chiefs and goes 11-5, and five, and since then has never won less than nine games or has only won more than nine games. Like he's nine and seven is his worst record. And it worked like it was the humbleization or it was the realization that this didn't work. This type of relationship didn't work. So when I get it again, I'm going to get it with my people. I'm going to get it right with what I need, what I can have. Now, Andy Reid has a little bit more clout than Matt Nagy. That's for sure. I mean, he won. He went to NFC championship games. He went to a Super Bowl. Right. But I mean, the thing is, is that it was always like, NFC championship loss, NFC championship loss. And then eventually when Andy Reid was everything in Philadelphia, they were like, we're getting this out of town. We're going to change from this. And it has not been, they do have a Super Bowl, but let's be honest, it's an outlier of a season. But the thing about this is Andy Reid can teach Matt Nagy that. So I'm again, defending Pete's opinion. Like, or P- Oh or yeah. Pete's and I'm thing. not really, I'm not trying to dest- destroy Pete's opinion. I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying like from Pete's perspective, where I can see why he could see this happening is because Matt Nagy comes back here. And again, we, of course, these questions are going to happen. Like what happens to Eric B Well, this is also like the end of Eric B run in Kansas City. Yeah, what this does year, happen right? to Eric B I think after this year, he is sent on his own to either go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else or maybe he finally does get that head coaching job at this point because somebody will eventually be desperate. You still enough. think he's going to be a head coach? In the I don't NFL? know. I don't know. I think he will be a coach. So I will be more confident that he will coach somewhere else than Kansas City, whether that's head coach, offensive coordinator, whatever it may be. But I think this is that final year where it's like, okay, like Andy Reid's not going anywhere. You're kind of pigeonholed as offensive coordinator. We're going to go ahead and let you be free and go be either an offensive coordinator somewhere else where you can get that promotion or you can go be a head coach on somebody that finally takes a chance. But as soon as that does happen, I do think that in the 2023 season, Matt Nagy is your offensive coordinator. That I think you could take to the bank, which then defends the theory of the progression that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Nagy offensive coordinator. Matt Nagy has changed his outlook on certain football decisions. Matt Nagy is happy within this organization. And then you see Andy Reid in four or five years, step back, 
take it out of the game. He's won maybe one more, maybe two more Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes, and he turns it over to Matt Nagy as the head coach because you don't have to stress about an out-of-building hire, and you can kind of prep him up the year before to be like, hey, next year, this is going to be you. Here's what you need to work on. Here's what didn't work, and voila, it happens. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk uh, about the latest on the negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. That is an ongoing dilemma that certainly seems like we are steamrolling towards a delay of the start of the season. Baseball has a very similar issue with another sport that's sort of in the forefront right now just because of the time of the year, which is college basketball, in that they have a really hard time marketing their sport. But one thing could be changing that, and we'll talk about it next. This is Bink Sunday on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sunday, 610 Sports Radio with Dusty Likens. I'm Nick Schwert. Grant Nicholson with us as well. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Okay. Are you concerned about my well-being? I just worry about you Kansas diehards. You Kansas diehards. Mm -hmm. You you, you view me as a Kansas diehard? Yeah. You paid a lot of money to go to school there. You do a podcast, wonderful podcast on the 435 Podcast Network of Waving the Wheat. A lot of good guests. Uh, ones that only true Kansas fans would truly care about. Um, the way that you responded to my message last night, and okay, just, let's let's just let's peel back the curtain a little bit. What was the me- okay? So this you you messaged me. I texted about you five minutes yeah. into the second half of the Kansas Baylor game yesterday. Yeah, I I texted and you knew you. I was paying close attention to that game. Yeah. Like I was locked in. I watched the entire game because I love college, and we'll get into college basketball, but like. I worry about you and Alex and guys like that that are so connected because you let it affect your friendships like mine. I sent you a sports. Uh, okay. I'm just hear me out. I sent you. I okay. So to give you a little bit more, I can text Grant, who's a K State fan, diehard, went to school there, loves it. Emaw Grant everywhere, and he'll just respond with, "Yeah, it is what it is. Like it sucks." Every time he called, we were on air. He called the way the KUK State game. He goes, we'll lose. They'll put up 100, and we'll get blown out. Mm. It's exactly. He says, there's always a close one. Should have won in Manhattan. They didn't. Then they go play in Lawrence, and Bill looks at, at, at Bruce and says, get out of my gym. Nice hair, but get out. And then, so last night I texted you, Alex, and Carrington, and I just had a, a, a random text that went off in my head, and I said, would you trade Debo Samuel right now for Tyreek Hill straight up. <laughs> Alex Gold goes, eh, I don't know if you can trade a Hall of Famer. I said, oh, so you've already got Tyreek in the Hall of Fame. And then he backtracks and says, well, actually, if he has two or three more years of what he's doing, then he's in. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Carrington responds and says, I don't think I would do it, 
I would have to look at it, but the age would make me think. <laughs> and there's kind of these, you see where I'm going here. Nick's response is, F no. I didn't yell. It was all lowercase. It was a yell. And then it was, it was, a, it was all one lowercase of these, with no punctuation. It was one of these, he looked at it and was like, ah, Dusty, not now. And like threw yes. the phone to the side. Exactly. That's ex- that is 100%. See? Why is Dusty... Throwing out this stupid hypothetical to me. It's that's not never that gonna, dumb. It's never going to happen. Could you imagine? <laughs> that would shake the foundation in February it's for just football. It's so stupid. It's like, what if the Bengals traded Joe Burrow for Justin Herbert? Holy smokes. Like, why were the, why are the two sides Bengals even engaged? Bengals probably wouldn't make the playoffs. <laughs> but that's what it was. I was like, why is that? I'm like, I thought you were pitching a topic for today. I was just wondering to get the get the wheels moving. The and wheels he, didn't and, move far from and me. And here you are, <laughs> here you are, super confident, up twenty-one to six. I almost texted you the other topic that I wanted to bring up today, but we won't because I know how how beat up you are. Even I'm though, not beat up at all. I'm fine. The thing is, is like, I almost sent you. Doesn't this game feel like the AFC Championship game? Like there was clearly one better team on the floor in the first half than the other. And then the second half, that team that you saw in the first half just ran away, and you don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, I know what happened. Uh, Baylor went small. They haven't played small ball at all this year, and when they have, they've gotten absolutely crushed on defense. They went small. It was a gamble, and it paid off because KU couldn't make them pay for it. That's what happened. So what you're saying is that Scott Drew outcoached Bill Self for 20 minutes? I, I I always hesitate, and I and actually I'm, this is actually a major pet peeve for me. Like okay. We do it with Chiefs. No, no, no. That's fine, but you can admit that, right? Baylor changed their game I plan. I said this afterwards. Okay. I did the Twitter spaces afterwards. It sounds like what you said is that Scott Drew outcoached Bill Self for 20 minutes. Okay, if that's how you want to contextualize it, that's fine. What did he just say? You're he said he went business. small. They never go small. So Scott Drew did something he's never done, and Bill Self didn't handle it. Okay. Okay. Again, oversimplification. I said this immediately. Did Reigning, a, did defending, a, national did championship a, coach. Did a Twitter spaces last night, and the first thing I said was, okay. that was a coaching clinic by Scott Drew. Okay. That's it. It's about taking gambles. It's about saying, hey, we've gotten killed with this lineup all year long, but it's our only chance to have a, an advantage. Let's find out what Kansas is going to do. At that point, yes, it is KU's job to throw a counterpunch, and they never did. So in that game, yes, I would I would say that Scott Drew uh, outcoached Bill Self. But I hate the notion of of the or the implications of saying things like that because it's as if I'm uh, it's some sort of indictment on Bill's. No, it's that's coaches take gambles. One of them paid off, the other one didn't, and it should have, by the way, because when you're playing a guy at six nine, uh, why, why are we doing this? When you're playing a guy really who's at six nine at the five, seven. yeah, you're playing a guy who's six nine at the five, and you've got the number two interior scoring offense in the country, and you can't get a bucket against them. That's not really on Bill Self. That's on the players for not being. I mean. Uh, is it Bill Self's fault that Jalen Wilson went two for ten? Is it Bill Self's fault that David McCormick went four for eleven? No. Is it Bill Self's fault that Dewan Harris went zero for six? It, yes, it's Bill Self's fault for putting Dewan Harris on the floor. Dewan Harris has done a lot of nice things for this team this year. Okay, well he's going to get KU knocked out in the Sweet Sixty, maybe. And that is your college what... basketball minute here on no Pink but Sunday to give you some sort of to give you some sort of like feel that I have of why college basketball does fail and why it's not. Um, where it should be is the fact that like yesterday was a pure example of why the college basketball season doesn't matter. And it clearly doesn't because they play a, they play a one loss tournament at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, 27 and six doesn't mean anything except that you're a one or a two seed. So let's, and the top in the top six teams, the top six teams lost yesterday out of those six teams that lost, to be fair, KU was the only underdog, and they lost on the road, so that's nice. But out of those six that lost, I bet four of those teams are still number one seeds in the tournament. Yeah, so Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's. I mean, Gonzaga just steamrolls through the WCC each year playing against in future investment bankers and life insurance salesmen. So At they finally, midnight our time. And so most so they time. finally had a top 25 matchup, and St. Mary's controlled that game throughout. Arizona losing to Colorado, inexplicable. Colorado's not a good basketball team. Mm-hmm. Auburn losing to Tennessee yeah. in Tennessee makes sense. I get that one. 
Uh, Purdue losing to Michigan State. Again, at Michigan State, it's Tom Izzo, so it doesn't seem all that shocking. Kentucky, Arkansas, that was a great game start to finish. Arkansas, the must-bust, like that's a good team. All of these easily explainable, same thing. Who was the other team that lost? You mentioned five. I thought there was six. Oh, uh, then there was um, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay. Kansas Jayhawks lost to a top 10 team yeah. in Waco. Which is totally fair. Just totally fair. Yeah. Here's the, what you're getting Without at their is, best player. I think has merit is the idea that there is, there's a marketability issue that college basketball runs into in that in years like this, when you don't have a Zion Williamson type, a guy where. It's must-watch television every time he's on. Doesn't matter if it's a top 25 matchup or if they're playing Towson. You want to watch this kid play because he's spectacular and it's incredible television. Now, they don't have that this year. Mm -hmm. And in years like this, you're saying, okay, well, if you don't have that one must-watch player, do you at least have, like, this dominant team that's just going to be on a death march for four months to the NCAA tournament? Last year, we had two of them. Mm -hmm. And what was remarkable is that in both Gonzaga and Baylor, all year long, we pinpointed them as clearly the two best teams in college basketball. But very rarely does that result in them actually duking it out for the national championship, unlike in other sports in Major League Baseball and the NFL, where a lot of times you do get to the final series and you say, these are the two best teams in the sport. Didn't happen this year, but we've seen plenty of years where it does happen. Mm -hmm. Never happens in college basketball. Happened last year. Mm -hmm. Perfect storm. You get to see the two best teams in the national championship. Love to see it. In 2008, it happened. Right. Yeah. In 2008, all four number one seeds. Yeah. So there are rare occasions where it does happen, but oftentimes with a a six-game single elimination tournament, there's going to be some volatility. Mm Mm-hmm. College basketball has a problem marketing itself because their best players only stick around for one year, and oftentimes in that one year, they're so far from being a complete product that you're not really you're just seeing the the glimpses, the nuggets, the morsels of what they're going to become because they're there for six months and then they're dashing to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Do you think name, image, and likeness and some of the stuff that's happening right now in college basketball could change that? I think it definitely could, and it should, because I think college basketball's main marketing ploy is the six-game single elimination tournament. They don't care about conference play. now Because none of those games yesterday have any implications on uh, national championship hopes. Right, but if you get players that get some NIL money and can start like having bragging rights and getting out there and being like, oh, this guy actually got this sponsorship. That got a lot of attention to this school. This guy has a lot of money coming in this way. They're now popular. Oh, wait, they play in the same conference. They're going to play twice a year. There's two conference games that you can sell easily, not only because name, image, and likeness are attached to them, and they're going to push that product, but also college basketball can push that product. But I think college basketball has a problem because like the MLB, which we can talk about a little bit later, they are also stuck in old times. Like College basketball is afraid of evolution. College basketball is the only sport still. Well, they don't have any choice anymore, though. Right, With name, they, image, and likeness, they are now being right. forced to evolve. And the thing that sucks about college basketball, which is similar to MLB baseball, is that college basketball still plays two 20-minute halves. Like that KU Baylor game last night was in eternity forever to finish because they're the only basketball sport that plays two 20-minute halves. That doesn't get kids ready to go play professional ball. So what do kids do? They go play in the G League. They go play across seas where they're going to play four quarters. They're going to play with actual measurements of the NBA game and get better at the NBA yeah, game. And that's, a, and that's an issue. because Zion Williamson played one year in college basketball. Now he's 350 pounds and can't play basketball. <laughs> that's not me yeah. making that up. That's just true. No, yeah, and, and that's a problem, the idea that there are now alternatives to college basketball. It's Big not time. just the G League. It's the, the overtime league. I was talking to a guy. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, one of KU's top recruits for next season sounds like he's not going to be a KU. He's going to no. go. He's get, he's getting offers to to make. I mean, seriously, the the minimum salary for this overtime league, not even the G League, the overtime league is a hundred thousand dollars. Right, a hundred thousand dollars. And the idea that these kids need college to market themselves is ridiculous. John Morant played at Murray State. Right, he's one of the most marketable players in the NBA right now. You become marketable in the NBA by becoming a star. Nobody knew who Luka Doncic was before he got to the NBA. Guess what happened? He turned into a star. Now he's marketable. The idea that college basketball is helping these kids become uh, household names is utterly ridiculous. That's never been the case. But if you are trying to improve the sport, you know how you do it? Is you go from making these 60-year-old white coaches the faces of the sport and of the programs and turn it into these talented young players becoming that. And the only way you do that is if you get them to stick around. And the only way you get to do that... Is if they have incentive. Right. 
There was a piece in The Athletic last week. Oscar Shibway might be the national player of the year for Kentucky. He was incredible yesterday against Arkansas. They lost the game, but his final stat line was ridiculous. I want to pull it up here. Uh, 30 points, 18 rebounds. The dude's a monster, but he's not a legit NBA prospect. He'll be a late first, early second round pick. So he's not getting that guaranteed money. He's not going to be a lottery pick. He's not going to get a huge signing bonus. So there might be incentive for him to stick around for college for another year. Especially if this piece is to be believed in The Athletic, Kyle Tucker, the author, was talking to Oscar Shibway's agent. He said he was looking at an offer sheet on his desk for a multi-million dollar deal for him to return to school next year. Mm. Imagine Kentucky, one of the most premier college basketball programs in the country, Mm -hmm. who has been known for being a one-and-done factory. You come here for a year and you're gone. Now all of a sudden they can take the best players and tantalize them and incentivize them to stick around for one more year because you can tell them, hey, you can make just as much money staying here for another year as you can going pro. In fact, if you go pro, you're going to be in the G League or you're going to be riding the pine for the first year. Nobody's going to see you. Nobody's going to watch you. You Making have no marketability. Or, or yeah. you can come back here, be the best player in the country, make a ton of advertising money with all the – I mean, Kentucky owns the whole they – they own an entire state, and there are no professional teams there. It's kind of the same thing with Kansas. Like, Kansas owns a state. Now, yes, I get it. Like, the Chiefs and the Royals, that, that's different. But they don't play in Kansas. Being a star player at KU or Kentucky or Duke can have massive, massive marketability opportunities. And these schools didn't have a clue what was going on when the NIL stuff went into effect last summer. They're learning quickly that, oh, this isn't a hindrance to our sport. It can actually be a huge benefit to keeping guys sticking around. I think that's... Oh, yeah. How things change. If you want to make the sport more marketable, you've got to hold on to your best players for longer. And NIL can help you do that and should help you do that if you play it right. People that don't hold on to what they have talent-wise longer are going to see them move to different organizations and different broadcast teams are going to be created. Nick, who is just passionate about that topic, is extremely passionate about Troy Aikman, Tom Brady, Sean Payton, all of those guys. When we come back, we talk about it. Why? You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now we're into the country scheme. Is this Eric Church? Nah, this sounds more like, uh, like Brooks and Dunn. Driving down the road in my pickup truck Gonna be late to picking you up 610 Radio, Nick and Dusty and Grant That's kind of how I'm feeling. That was actually really good ad-lib. The issue I have is that you, we're less than 45 minutes off of you saying that you're not a musician. That yeah. was like parody. That wasn't really a musician. That wasn't me. You don't call what Cody's doing parody? No, dude. He goes into a studio and puts headphones on and finds a beat and like checks it one, two, one, two, and like really tries. <laughs> I know that. Those aren't my words. Those are Alex Gold words. Yes, I will throw Alex Gold in the bus because you're trying to make me look like a Richard. And Alex Gold told me, dead serious, you know the Alex Gold serious face? He does a, oh yeah. No, like he tries. No, I, was like, yeah, oh. I, I, I am not trying to make you look like a Richard. I'm not trying you to are. make anybody look like anything. That's no, what I'm you not. do. You no, try I'm to not. do that. We do that very well to each other. You think you think that I like that's uh Yeah. And I think you do the same to me. Like I was just trying to make I was a Richard just earlier baiting you to Bill Self. And you fell exactly into my hands exactly how I wanted to. You were Richard for not even knowing me and trying to punk me with an FCC claim, which was great, by the way. Congratulations. I had to ingratiate myself with That's you. Fine. I figured the easiest way to do that would be to scare the living hell out of me. Yes. And it worked. It was a good bit. I came up with it, it the was second good. that show ended. I grabbed I grabbed gold and I said, We have to p- prank Dusty. There you go. That and it like worked. My, that was like my first week on the job, too. It was it was like a month. No, because Cody was gone the first the first full week that I worked here. 
Cody was on vacation, and that's when you were in. Mm. And that's when that infamous moment happened. Or didn't happen. Yeah, it was cool. I didn't mind it. But speaking of things that are going to happen, uh, football's going to move some things around, but has nothing to do with teams or location, other than the Chiefs probably playing in Germany during Oktoberfest, which is great. Um, but announcers are moving, and there's two candidates nobody's talking about, but something's happening with Amazon that kind of reminds me of, like, not maybe Firefest, but kind of reminds me of, like, trial one of the XFL, where the XFL was like, we're going to play football. We just don't know where, with who, and with what uniforms, but we're going to play football, and Amazon doing the same thing, and they're saying we're going to have football games on Thursday night, but that's all we know so far. So let's backtrack a little bit. Last year, Amazon reached a deal with the NFL for Thursday night football. They are going to pay $1 billion per season for Thursday night football. A lot of money. A lot of money. Amazon in the streaming wars. They want to get into football because business is a booming. So the whole idea was that if you're Amazon and you've got effectively unlimited funds to put this thing together, that you're going to go out and get the best broadcasting crew that you possibly can. Because we all know Thursday night football, not great games. How are you going to get people to watch it? Well, you're going to get people to tune in if you have marquee names calling the games. And for the longest time, the sort of unspoken belief was that Amazon was targeting two guys for their broadcasting crew. Al Michaels, whose contract was up after this past season, and Troy Aikman. Because they figured if we get the best in the game, Al Michaels is the best play-by-play man on the face of this earth, and we pair him with Troy Aikman. Say what you want about Troy Aikman, but he's a big name. Mm -hmm. People tune in to listen to Troy Aikman. People know who Troy Aikman is. If we can get those two guys, regardless of if it's the Jags and the Browns and both teams are out of playoff contention in Week 14, people will watch Thursday Night Football because of those names. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, the bombshell report earlier this week from Andrew Marchand of Uh, in the New York Post, who said that Troy Aikman is going to sign a five-year, $90 million deal with ESPN. Mind you, ESPN wasn't even thought of as being in the mix here because ESPN's always sort of been the odd man left out in these these broadcasting worlds because they can't flex their games. They Mm -hmm. can't always have great games. Like Buck and Aikman on the on the number one Fox crew, they always great get the best games. They get them flexed. Same thing with Sunday Night Football. Same thing with Nance and Romo on CBS. Mm-hmm. ESPN doesn't have that luxury. Thursday Night Football doesn't have that luxury. But you know what? They do have money to throw around. They threw a huge bag at Troy Aikman, and he said, cool, don't care. Don't care if I'm getting bad games. Don't care if we can flex into good games. I'm going to make a ton of money, $17.5 million per year, which is basically going to reset the market. That's Tony Romo money. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, it's going to have a massive ripple effect on how the rest of this works. Al Michaels reportedly was on the one-yard line with Amazon and wanted to see who his partner was going to be. Well, now we know it's not going to be Aikman. So what does Al Michaels do? Does ESPN go after Al Michaels? Does ESPN go after Joe Buck as well? Get the band back together there. Amazon, again, is spending a billion dollars a year on this thing, and they have no idea who their broadcasting crew is going to be. And if the premise is that we just need big games to watch the names, uh, you're kind of running out of time here because the big names are signing elsewhere. Yeah, but I mean, I think also they have, like you say, they have everything to gain and nothing to lose, right? Because NFL is going to be watched. NFL is going to be followed on Thursday Night Football or a Reddit stream. However you're going to get it, you're going to watch it. And a lot of times on Thursday Night Football, you don't really pay attention to who's broadcasting it. You're just more so interested on who's on your fantasy team that's playing on Thursday night or what's on the money line or what you're betting over underwise, whatever it may be. I will say this with Amazon, that if they can match, which they can, well, they can do whatever they want. They, they offered yeah. four years, $100 million to Sean McVay, and he turned it down. Right, because I think Sean McVay's the wrong target for them to go after. Sean McVay is fresh off a of Super Bowl. He's extremely young, and he's very competitive. Like, isn't Sean McVay the guy that had to hire someone to keep him on the sideline? Yeah, and he, and, and like, he, and he he's said, into it. And McVay has said he's not a football lifer. Right. And he would be really good at broadcasting. And when somebody's dangling $25 million annually in front of you, it at least makes you think about it. The other thing that it makes me think about is that it's kind of funny how all the money is going towards the color commentator who does the side talking 
not the main guy who is doing all of the talking. Yeah. Like, I can't wait. Yeah, Michael's ain't making 17 no, mil per. But he's the one that's, you know, done it his whole life. He's the voice you hear at the beginning and at the end. You don't hear Collinsworth at the end. You don't hear Collinsworth at the beginning. We wait for the slide, but we anticipate the slide. We listen to Al Michaels. We listen to Kevin Harlan, Gus Johnson. Those guys aren't making the big bucks. What you're realizing is that these new up-and-comer old athletes are making the money. And so where I fill in with Amazon, where if they really want to make a splash, there's a guy that's not playing football next year that's A, attractive like Aikman, that's A, attractive like other people. So you have to put your money in somebody that is like a color commentator before you do the main guy. So maybe the guy that's the main one doesn't have an opinion. I think this is fascinating because I, I do think it's going to impact football more than you may think it is. I know we we're just talking and sometimes it seems like it's inside baseball, inside broadcasting talk, but I'm telling you, this is going to have a major impact on where you're watching football and how you're watching football. So I want to keep talking about this. He's Dusty Likens. I'm Nick Schwartz with Grant Nicholson. You're listening to Bink Sunday on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 